Good Monday evening and welcome to the Coach McVeigh Show live from the Rams facility at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long and the head coach is with us. Uh, Sean McVeigh coming off your first short week, which means a long weekend. I hope you used it to uh, rest and recharge. Yeah, no, it was good. Got a chance to feel like a fan, watch some football this weekend and, and uh, catch up on some rest that, that you lose time on on those short weeks. So feeling good, ready to go, get ready for an excellent Dallas team this week. I told some uh, some old coaches that I know that was the most exciting Thursday night game they've ever seen in my life. Uh, DeMarco's talking about the Thursday night game being more exciting than uh, we've become accustomed to yeah. uh, from that product. They told me not to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, you know, anytime that you're able to come away with the win, we'll, we'll take it however we can get it. Certainly there was a handful of things that make your blood pressure raise, a, you know, a little bit higher than, than you'd like, but credit to San Francisco for, you know, making a handful of plays, getting back in it and making it interesting. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take that win however we can get it to Marco. It was fun. The other interesting part about tonight is your next opponent is playing right now. So they have a short week coming back for you guys in week four. And full disclosure, it's on the big screen here in our room. So <laughs> right. uh, we'll, we'll try not to divide your attention uh, too much. But how do you handle that where you have a ton of experience against Dallas going back to your previous stop, uh, but their most recent game isn't on film yet? Yeah, no, it's especially early on in the season when teams make some tweaks to their scheme. And you can see that Coach Marinelli has done a great job there the last handful of years where they've got a clear-cut identity. But they're, you know, they put a couple wrinkles into some of the things that they're doing and anytime that you're able to get some more film you know to be able to evaluate and analyze that is is very helpful and uh you know looking forward to being able to check this game out when the when the game team comes up uh later on we were having a blast watching your offense play i just wonder what is it like for you with a critical eye watching what you what you guys just did on thursday night well i thought the players did a good job executing you know i think really it it starts up front i thought they were able to keep jared pretty clean against a, a very good front with a lot of players that pose a lot of matchup problems with the San Francisco 49ers and then uh, being able to regulate some of those things by staying manageable, you know, kind of being able to avoid some of those bad third down situations. Uh, you know, when you're able to kind of have a run pass balance that we were able to do, you know, it, it's conducive for being able to be successful moving the football. And then, you know, we always talk about the importance of those situations and anytime you're able to go eight for 12 on third down and five for seven, I want to say in the red zone, uh, you're going to give yourself a chance to play pretty efficient on offense. And I thought for the most part, our guys did a nice job of doing that. In the first segment of the Coach McVeigh Show, we always like to go through the day's headlines. Uh, Monday, it's been a little bit since your last game, but still we haven't had a chance to speak to you since uh, last Thursday night. A couple of injured uh, receivers at the end of uh, last game entering the concussion protocol. How did practice go today? You know, they're still getting through that. Uh, we're, we're hopeful that they'll be able to come out of this thing, and uh, we'll have a much better idea going into tomorrow and, and really leading into Wednesday's practice of where Sammy and Tavon are at. But the anticipation is if everything goes according to plan, uh, they'll be ready to go but certainly that's something we take very seriously and uh, want to make sure that they get through that, get everything checked out, and, and Reggie gives us the thumbs up from, from the doctors. And, and uh, if we get that, then it'll be a big boost for us to be able to get those two back for us. And LaMarcus joining with the hamstring was another big loss. Yeah, you know, he'll be day-to-day. -day. Uh, LaMarcus, what a great competitor he is and, and so versatile in what he's able to do for our defense, playing the nickel spot, playing the safety. Uh, just kind of love what he brings to our team as a whole. And uh, we're hopeful that, you know, we'll just, you know, he's going to do all the little things the right way to give himself a chance. But as of right now, he's day-to-day -day with that hamstring. I'm assuming Sammy got dinged on that touchdown run when he took on three guys. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't even realize it, but uh, it was a great physical play for him. Uh, ended up coming away with the touchdown. And uh, hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll get some good word back on him that he'll be ready to go. 
Kayvon getting closer. He's missed a couple of weeks, and you guys have been covering for him against uh, Washington and then San Francisco. Yeah, you know, he had a good practice today. He was able to get out there. We just kind of did a, a competitive day, and uh, he was able to move around. It seemed like that shoulder felt pretty comfortable where did some one-on-one, some different things like that, and, and uh, he came away, you know, like we had hoped, mm. and he's on track to be ready to go. And last one for me, and then we can end the uh, injury roll. Call John Sullivan with the groin injury, and Austin Blythe coming in and doing his job in, in his stead. Yeah, he did a good job. You know, I think really with what we require that center position, JB, you know, he was able to make a lot of the calls, uh, handle the communication that's required, especially in a road atmosphere uh, where I thought their crowd was excellent towards the end of the game. You know, he really filled up and, um, you know, Austin handled it very well. That being said, you know, we have a lot of confidence in John and I know he's going to do everything to get himself ready to play. If it is something where he doesn't practice until later on in the week, he's one of those guys that you know you trust his approach, his preparation from a mental standpoint and uh, I think we got some good word that it's not as bad as, you know, maybe we had originally thought so uh, we are optimistic that he'll be ready to go uh, against the Cowboys tell on your, Sunday. Tell your left tackle to make it a little more dramatic for us. It's kind of getting boring <laughs> yeah. just watching him just erase guys. I think we like that. You know, yeah. that's uh, he's, he's very efficient. I think when you look at what he was able to do throughout the course of his career in, in Cincinnati, that's kind of what he's been. You know, just so steady, so reliable, uh, very relaxed in terms of his posture, his poise. You know, when he's in protection, never seems stressed, but I think that's a credit to just the way that he plays with the techniques, with the fundamentals, and, uh, you know, that's why he is who he is. How does that help quarterback? I mean, the obvious, your blind side is protected, but how does that help guys like Jared Goff? Oh, I think just knowing that you feel comfortable with what's going on on that left side. You know, I think Roger Saffold's played really good football these last couple weeks as well. So uh, those guys are getting more comfortable. They're developing a rapport together because there are a lot of things, especially when you see in some of the stunts, some of the movement, which you know from a defensive line perspective, uh, when you can work edges on guys, and it takes that guard and tackle being on the same page. And uh, I think Andrew and Roger both played a really good game against the 49ers last Thursday. So I want to change gears a little bit. You mentioned being a chance uh, to, ha- to be a fan this weekend, right, and observe the NFL, and you couldn't do that without noticing uh, the reaction of President uh, Trump's comments and the peaceful demonstrations uh, at all levels, but uh, on the field, especially Sunday and then again tonight in Glendale with, the, uh, Glendale with the Cowboys and the Cardinals. How did you address that matter or let your team address that matter collectively coming back today? Yeah, you know, it's a good question because I think we always talk about those open lines of communication and making sure that everybody kind of understands, you know, our perspective, the team's perspective, and most importantly, all of us being on the same page. And I think with regards to that, you know, we have respect for everybody's opinions uh, based on some of those things that do come up, what you love about football and what's so special is, uh, regardless of your background, whatever some of your core beliefs are with how those things are handled, uh, what, what a special thing it is to be a part of something bigger than yourself, come together, demonstrate that unity, being a connected team. And that's really what our guys have done throughout the course of this year. Um, I think when you look back at the way that we've handled just the national anthem as an organization, a lot of respect for Coach Fisher and what they've done in years past as far as uh, the structured alignment with the players on that white line and then the the staff behind them. And, um, you know, that's what we've done. That's what we'll continue to do. And I just, I just, uh, you know, said to the players, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is if you have certain feelings, you know, let's just make sure there's no surprises. We'll talk through it. We'll all try to be understanding of everyone's perspective and, and opinions that they do have. And, and when you have that, I think, you, you know, those clear lines of communication, I think that understanding and that mutual respect that exists among everybody in our organization is very clear and, and we're able to kind of be unified. Ultimate team sport, right? Yeah, it really yeah. is. That's what's so special about football. You know that. Yeah. I just love it. I just 
when people try to divide, you unify. I mean, that's just how it goes. Great. How'd the postgame handshake go for you? That was good. You know, yeah. it's good. It's, it's, it's always a little different when you're playing against some of your close friends, and really you get a chance to do that in consecutive weeks, which was odd, but you also realize what a blessing it is to, you know, have worked and, and been a part of uh, staffs where, where guys are at those levels. And, I, and I've got a whole lot of respect for Kyle and, and what he represents as a coach and as a leader, and I think he'll do a great job there. And uh, it was a fun game for sure. We were looking for the hard handshake. Remember that? No, never mind. <laughs> well, let's uh, take our first break here. The Rams are 2-1 and one getting set for Dallas. The Cowboys playing right now against another NFC West team in Arizona, so we'll keep our eye on that. As we continue with the Coach McVay Show, we'll break down the win over San Francisco, offense, defense, and special teams, plus audibles, your direct line to the head coach. That's all still to come on the Coach McVay Show, live from the Rams facility on ESPN LA. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Coach McVay Show. Looking ahead to week four, the Rams are 2-1, and one and they travel to Dallas. And with 107 points scored, the Rams have eight more after three weeks than the New England Patriots. And don't worry, the Cardinals and Cowboys, unless they play all night, won't get to the top either. So the Rams are going to be the top-scoring offense as we go into the new week. And we welcome you back to the Coach McVay Show, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach. And one of the first traits that you talked about when you arrived here in Los Angeles was wanting to build an explosive roster. Well, not only are you leading the league in points, but also in terms of explosive plays, 20 yards or more, 20 of them tied with New England for most in the NFL. Uh, how do you kind of feel about accomplishing that early and what it's done for your offense? Well, I think it's just a start. You know, three games is a very small uh, body of work. We know over a 16-game season, that's really when you get a chance to kind of see where you're at. But I think the players have done a really nice job. And, you know, you look at the points, I think that a lot of credit goes to the defense for a handful of those as well. You know, Nikel Roby takes it to the two-yard line the other day to get us the first touchdown, and, and then really about 16 points are accounted for from the defense alone in that Indianapolis game. So a lot of the things, you know, go back to the team. But any time that you give yourself a chance, you know, you, if, you, if you outscore people, you're going to win football games. So uh, that's the number one deal, and, and I think our guys have done a nice job of being able to finish some drives, uh, did a pretty good job in the red zone last week. But uh, those points are tough to come by, and, and, and we, are, uh, we certainly feel good about what those first three weeks – but uh, we know that it's a it's a long season, and, and you know you're only as good as your last game. So we've got to do it again against a great Dallas team. Being being compared to you know some of the best teams in the league, best offenses in the league, and some of the historically great offenses in the National Football League builds expectation. But those are good problems to have for a football team. Certainly, you know those are great problems, and and I think uh, we all know too that right now it's three games into the season, and um, you know we're just going to take it one game at a time, and hopefully we're having these conversations later on in the season when you got a lot more uh, work accumulated in, in games where, where you get a real chance to see, you know, who is who. And, and as the season kind of plays out, it's always a little bit difficult to see the structure of things. And think, uh, you know, as the season progresses, you get a clear picture of uh, who's in a position, who's really those, who are really those good offenses, especially when we're continuing to try to establish ourselves. But I think our players have done a great job. Uh, all the credit goes to them. And, you know, we'll see if we can sustain that, uh, you know, moving forward. Let's talk some individuals, and let's start with uh, Todd Gurley because it seems like overnight he's become a three-down back. And part of that was a situation you were dealt on the short week with no Malcolm Brown. But Todd barely came off the field, and he delivered in seemingly every respect. He did. You know, he did a nice job. I think, uh, you know, those are the expectations that we do have for Todd. I think he's competing well in all three phases when you look at run game, pass game, and when he's asked to be in protection. And, uh, and you know, those are, those are the things that I think Todd would expect of himself as well. That being said, I think you do want to try to find a way to keep him fresh throughout the course of the game and uh, have a Justin Davis and Malcolm Brown and even Tavon Austin be able to spell him where he's not having to play every snap. But he is one of our most important players 
players and, and you want him in on some of those crucial situations that do come up on the third downs and in the red zone, and, and he's delivered in, in, uh, in a big way on a lot of those situations the other night especially. To me, when they say a guy has a bounce-back game or he's playing out of his mind because of the week he had the week before, that, that tells me that you don't think the guy is that good. Robert Woods playing the way he's playing right now. That's what you expect out of him week in and week out. That is, you know, and I think really when you look at some of the things that he didn't do or where, you know, he made some, you know, he made some decisions that weren't uh, what uh, Robert Woods does, what you love is that he's accountable. You know, he says, you know, I, I got to be better than that. I will. I'll fix it. And, and you move forward. And that's exactly what he did. And I thought he delivered in a big way, made some big time tough catches, created after the catch. You look at the off-schedule play that he and Jared were able to connect on, you know, on our first touchdown drive uh, to start out that game. So uh, Robert was, again, like Todd, we've got a lot of confidence in our players. When they play that way, uh, these are things that you don't ever take for granted, but you expect because of the confidence that you have in them. And, and I think that was a game that, that uh, you know, Robert expects to have, and, and it was a big part of why we were able to win that game. Joining him north of 100 yards receiving with Sammy Watkins, who had as many targets on Thursday night as he did in the first two games combined. Can you kind of discuss, you know, what what went into the dynamic early and into week three where he kind of becomes more featured, whereas Cooper Cup, who had led the way, you know, plays a more complimentary role and Gerald Everett, maybe not 100 percent. And you have other alternatives in that in that offensive room. Yeah, you know, each game kind of dictates a different way of, of where the touches are going to go. And, and what we try to do is, is you know, the quarterback's going to read out the coverages that he's presented with and then how that dictates where the football goes. And uh, it just so happened that a handful of plays the other night uh, where they were in the progression, Jared did a good job of getting through it or they were the primary and, and they ended up making those plays. You know, both those guys had seven targets, six catches. Uh, clearly, you know, Sammy, you, you feel how powerful and strong he is. Uh, and then the catch that he makes down the left sideline is incredible. You know, the, the great body control, tracking it from your right shoulder over the top to your left. Those are the kind of plays that uh, make Sammy a, a special talent and, and, and why he was drafted where he was and why he's done some of the things he did in Buffalo. And it was great to see him be able to do that. You're a receiver. Degree of difficulty on that catch. Yeah, extremely difficult. You know, those are those are the most difficult catches where you're actually having to track it, put a hump in your back, uh, you know, and really go right over to the left. And, and I thought it was also, he took a hit. You know, the safety and corner were both in really good positions. And I thought it was just an excellent competitive play overall where Jared drops it right in the bucket. Sammy does an excellent job tracking it. And really the safety and corner were in a, in a perfect position to make it a bang-bang type play. And um, that's a big-time NFL play right there by really offense and defense. I, I wonder, what does Jared say after that? Thank you. Yeah, I think. <laughs> So, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, those are two good good players making a big-time play for us. There was good protection up front, you know, because that was a little bit longer developing yeah. play-action pass. And any time you're able to come away with those explosives, alleviate some different things, whether it be the run game and, you know, it, it forces you. These defenses are too good now. It's so hard to try to go 12 and 15 plays uh, to score points. And if you have the ability to create a 40-plus yard play, you know, you're going to give yourself a chance to come away with some points. Let's talk a bit about the point guard who's getting it to all those weapons. And before I talk about him throwing the football I wanted to ask about Jared being under center and being more comfortable now than he was when you inherited him because it seems like a lot of the success that Todd has had on running plays in the running game have come from Jared being under center more than we saw a year ago as he when he was a rookie yeah I think when you're able to stay manageable you'd like to be able to have a complimentary offense underneath the center where your run and your pass game is married and and you got some different things and, and I also think your rhythm and timing is a little bit easier you know you you would prefer not to have to take your eyes off the defense to accept the shotgun snap sometimes the rhythm of the drops uh, when you're just dropping back and throwing the football just seem a little bit smoother and more crisp but uh, being in the shotgun is something 
something that is inevitable and, and, and you have to be able to do in this league because of the different varieties of internal pressures and things like that that you see in those known passing situations. But the more comfortable Jared gets underneath the center, uh, the more that we're able to do. But it, but it starts with us being efficient on those early downs so that you're not in the third and longs where you almost have to get into the gun uh, because of you know what you really can just present to the defense based on the situation. Yeah. And then in the red zone, which is, is often where rookies are, are slower to get up to speed because the field gets condensed. We all know it gets harder. How has he been able to be this good this early? Yeah, I think he's making great decisions. He's throwing the ball with extra, you know, excellent anticipation and accuracy. And uh, when you're able to do that, he's been really decisive. And, and I think that's why he's had some success throwing the football there. And, and guys have made plays, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, he's had a couple 18-yard touchdowns in the high red area. You look at the Cooper Cup from Indy. You look at the one where he hits Todd on the wide against the Redskins. And then he comes back the other day. I thought the, you know, the third and one where he hits Sammy on the on the kind of the run alert was a big-time throw that maybe not a lot of people realize. And then uh, he ends up hitting Todd and, and Sammy as he gets through, you know, where, where Sammy was his third read in that play the, the other night. So he's doing a lot of good things, and, and guys are making plays after the catch for him as well. Outside of the special teams miscue, Tavon. What a contribution to the offense. It really is. You know, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that uh, you look at later on in the game when we end up having the jet sweep motion and it leads to a 29-yard run by Todd, just the illusion of what he's able to do because of his threat as, the, as a runner on the jet sweeps. And, you know, he almost scores when we're from the nine-yard line to be able to give him a jet sweep where he gets it down in there and they have to review it whether it's a touchdown or not. He's doing a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, but Tavon Austin's a very important part of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, you'd like to get, get him more touches as we continue to progress throughout the season, and he's getting more and more comfortable. But he's a special player, and, and, and I think a lot of the things that he's done don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, but he's making a big-time contribution to our offense in a lot of ways. Let's break here and use Tavon as a tradition, a, a transition to talk special teams and some defense on the other side as we continue with the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on ESPN L.A. Goes to the bunch left with Sammy Watkins. They'll throw to the opposite side. Gurley, catch, five, pylon, touchdown, Todd Gurley. His second touchdown of the game, and the Rams are back on the high side. All right, Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt share the NFL lead with a half dozen touchdowns. No one in tonight's game is going to catch them, so they'll go into week four as the leaders in the NFL. Let's transition to special teams and defense as we recap the win over San Francisco and look ahead to Dallas here on the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and Sean McVay, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like we have to defend the defense tonight. Right, I mean, which which coming off a win, you wouldn't expect you have to do, um, but I know the load that they carried with the offense not getting a lot of snaps on Sunday against Washington to come back four days later and give the effort they gave you, if not the results in terms of yards and points. What was your takeaway from the defensive side? Yeah, my takeaway is this: you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to come away with a win, and and we always talk about competitive greatness being your best when your best is required, and they were that. And you know, you look at some of the plays that they were able to make on special teams to get the ball back. All I know is, you know, in crunch time, two-point play, Troy Hill finds a way to make a break up so that we stay up two points. Then when they get forced to go back out on the field uh, because of the turnover that we had, they find a way to stop them, get him to a fourth and 20, and then Aaron Donald delivers with the sack. So uh, Mark Barron made a huge play on that second and 10 where we were in a main coverage, and and they had a screen set up that if he doesn't make that play, you never know how long that's going to go for. So I think the thing that we focus on are – uh, give credit to to the 49ers. They did a really, you know, they do a nice job. 
know, I think Kyle's as good of a, you know, in terms of some of the schemes, some of the problems, the issues that an offense can present, they do a great job. I think, you know, when you look at the first two weeks for that offense, a little bit misleading in terms of some of the numbers just based on going against Carolina and Seattle, some of the situations and uh, the way the game's played out. You know, if you just look at the numbers as opposed to the film, you get a misleading tell on what type of offense they are. And, and they've got really good players, but our defensive guys responded the right way. Never sensed anybody, uh, you know, really flinched or blinked throughout some of the adversity that we did face. And, and that's what a mentally tough team does. And I thought those guys demonstrated that the other night. You know, this is the pay league. You're, you're singled up on Aaron Donald in crunch time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to block that guy. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, I was looking at Tremaine Johnson after the game, during the game. I mean, it is Pierre Garçon. That guy is going to make plays. But to see that guy compete and just give as good as he got, um, I'm, I, I've seen him play from his rookie year until now. I've never seen him play better football in my life. Yeah, no, yeah. he's doing a great job. You know, I think when you look at what he's doing in the coverage game, gets his hands on the ball, uh, and then, you know, you look at him as even like when he's in a crack replace in terms of some of the run fits. You watch him come up, strike hide in the legs, gets him down as a sure tackler. He's a complete corner, and I think he's raising the level of expectations that he has for himself, and really he's raising the level of play for the guys around him, and, and that's what those true leaders do. And I think you're really seeing him take that, uh, you know, the honor of being voted a captain by his teammates taking it to heart and really allowing it to, you know, let him take his game to the next level, and, and that's what he's done so far. Settle a battle for us. Do you want to see Michael Brockers return that for a touchdown or just take a knee? Well, <laughs> That's a big man. If that's a long way to go. If, if he's got a clean lane, Brock's a pretty good <laughs> athlete. Or if there's somebody in position to hand it to to let him finish the job. But uh, I think at the end of the day, we were extremely encouraged and, and pleased with the stop that we got. Troy gets the ball batted up, and then Brock shows some good hand-eye coordination to be able to finish. Uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman, too. You've talked a few times since we've met you about not make, wow. not, it not being about the mistakes, right? But how do you respond to them in your next opportunity? Well, if, if Washington was in any way characterized a mistake for Roby Coleman, he comes out on the very first play and shows you how he's going to respond. That's exactly right, and, and that's what you love about him. And he's a great competitor. Uh, he's played in this league for a handful of years, and, and he knows that uh, let's learn from it and let's get our, you know, make the most of our opportunities when they're presented. And he certainly made the most of that first play of the game, and I thought it was a huge boost for our team overall. Uh, we're a little bit of a lull. I thought the crowd was excellent as the game progressed, but early on that was a great spark for our team. Uh, and then to be able to punch that in on the next play with Todd on the uh, inside zone run, but really, really pleased with Nikel. And then, you know, the versatility that he's able to provide when you lose a LaMarcus Joyner, now he can bump inside and play that nickel spot as well as being able to provide, you know, some depth at that outside corner position is really, you know, very beneficial and valuable to our team. Credit to the way you guys have worked on defense, just the entire team, but defense especially. There were times out there where it seemed like your front seven were all backup players. And still making plays. They were. You know, I think they do a good job. You know, Coach Johnson does a really nice job being able to rotate, keep those bodies fresh. And, and we got a lot of confidence in those six guys that we did have active, you know, from the interior rushers. And I'm, I'm not even talking about your edge players with the Robert Quinns, the Connor Barwins, Sampson. So um, Matt Longacres continued to show up and make a handful of plays. But those inside guys, you want to keep them fresh. And uh, I thought with some of the tempos and different things that San Francisco was able to provide, it's important to be able to get a good rotation going so that uh, those guys can be ready to go and, and feel good in between the series and, and throughout the series. Since we're talking about that rotation, uh, there was an incident over the weekend involving Ethan Westbrook. So I'm wondering if you could address that here, what it means for this week and beyond. Yeah, what it means is that we're continuing to gather information. Uh, what we've gotten back on that, 
um, you know, it, it's something that we're going to try to continue to make sure that we're very mindful of gathering the right information, uh, supporting Ethan through this. Uh, we're hopeful and optimistic that this will come to a quick resolution and get solved where there's a little bit of clarity and, and that it's something that hopefully, it's, uh, you know, we get it worked out and where he's able to play as long as everything that we're kind of hearing uh, before you say anything uh, in the public is, is kind of what we're hoping will come back. All right, let's go special teams. And this is kind of new for us to be talking about having to correct some special teams issues, right? Because yeah. they've been so good for How's so Bones? long on, the, on this <laughs> roster. <laughs> How's Bones right good now? Good question. Well, he's probably I, well to, to me, I think he's as good as there is. Uh, he's got a certain level of expectations and a standard at, at which we expect to operate. And uh, the one thing that you don't worry about ever with him is that he's going to work as hard as he possibly can to make sure that these things don't ever occur again and we get it fixed. And we've got the right types of guys in that locker room uh, that we, we trust that process will be right in, in terms of focusing on how can we be process-oriented so that those results end up taking care of themselves over time. And, um, you know, we did get the win, and, yeah. and, and I think he's, he's done a lot of great things, and our special teams have been a strength of this team, and we expect that to be the same moving forward. And uh, one game certainly doesn't define you, but your ability to respond like we'll continue to say over and over again uh, will, and, and, I, and I fully expect our teams to, to respond the right way moving into the Dallas game. Does that hold true individually for Tavon Austin too? Would you consider making a change in that role at this point, or is that still his job going to Dallas? Yeah, you know, we've got a lot of confidence in Tavon, and, and I think the biggest thing is, is this guy's been such a great player over the course of his career and and uh the one thing that you always want to just continue to remind him is is that hey can't tell you how much confidence that we have in you and also being mindful of the fact that you have the wrist you know you had the hamstring don't press at all you know because the opportunities maybe aren't uh as much as we'd like for a player of his caliber don't feel like you've got to press as a result of that but you know I think the world of Tavon Austin love him as a person really really think he's an outstanding player and uh you know these are things that 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 we'll work through together that's the type of special teams tape you like to have all kickoffs and only two punts that's right yeah (laughs) Stuff that we'll take those <laughs> to the extent that you can here on in this radio format. Can you describe what should happen in an onside situation? Yeah. Is there one right answer, or is it kind of depending on what they're giving you or showing you? Yeah, a lot of it's predicated on you know you want to have some guys that can stymie uh, some of the guys that have a free run, so that the guy that you you really are putting in that position to ideally field the ball uh, at least gets some protection. Uh, that didn't occur in the situation right there. And those are things that, you know, you look at the lineup and how we can put guys that have great aggressive hands, but also putting some players that are there to be able to provide some protection for those guys so it's not just a free run. And, you know, you really look at it. I thought he hit an excellent onside kick. I mean, that's about as good as you can hit that ball. And, um, you know, there are some times you certainly never make an excuse. But uh, in this league and what a great competitive game it is, there's there's times that you never want to do that. But you look and you say, that's a pretty good play by them, you know, and, and uh, you know, we're going to look at what we can do to fix it and try to avoid those at all costs. But uh, with the respect to the 49ers, I don't think you can hit that ball any better than what he did. When, when it goes up, you're like, oh, that's trouble. Yeah, just, just know that's it. trouble. I was more looking at uh, – I thought they would uh, – I thought the clock had expired. We were, we were calling delay games in between some of these, but – it was, it was a blur, but the guys never blinked. Yeah, We're about to take another break and put the 49ers behind us, but before we do, I'm curious from your personal standpoint what it was like to walk into Levi's and see the name McVay up there between some of the legendary coaches that they had in San Francisco. And then was your grandfather able to be there, and did you get a chance to connect uh, in Santa Clara? Well, I connect with my grandpa all the time you know, on the phone. He lives up in Sacramento, which is quite a hike on a Thursday, Thursday and he had some other things. Yeah. And so – um, he'll be at our game later on in the year. You know, he'll come down when my family's all here. But there were some situations and some circumstances that didn't allow that. But I certainly talked to him that morning and right afterwards. And, 
you know, to be able to see that, I think what a, what an accomplishment and what a credit to him and, and what he's been able to do for our family name. And I mentioned that earlier in the week where uh, he's a he's the reason why I was able to get into this business when I did. And you don't take that for granted and, and feel so fortunate and blessed to, to be able to kind of follow in my grandfather's footsteps. But that path was laid out by him handling things the right way and treating people the right way. Special, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. The up there. Come on, man. I would have cried. With Seifert He's not going to tell us that, though. Yeah. I would have cried, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Enough from me, enough from us. Let's go to uh, your questions next. Audible's your direct line to the head coach is coming up. The Coach McVay Show continues from Cal Lutheran on ESPN LA after this. Here's the snap. Hoyer to the air. On the first play, he throws. It's picked! Nikel Roby Coleman, 10-5, tripped up at the two. Uh, welcome back to the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and Sean McVay hanging out on a Monday night. I'm wondering, listening to that back, if uh, any of his teammates, Nikel's teammates, gave him a hard time for leaving that to Todd Gurley on the next play, if that was a touchdown that should have belonged to him flying home. Oh, yeah, we gave him a tough time about that in the team meeting, but it's it's hard to get too upset with him <laughs> when uh, when he ends up getting it on that on that position and, and gets it down to the two-yard line. But it was a pretty good effort by, I think, Selleck was the one that ended up making that play, yeah. and, and it was a great tackle by him. It's a tight end. He can run. He can it's run. It's a lineman. You give, him, you give him hell. That's a tight end. That's Come right. on, now. He had a good – you know, as soon as that ball, because you know, Nikel kind of caught it behind his body so he had to kind of spin around and slow his motion whereas he saw that picked right away so he was on a beeline so we'll give Nikel that out all right let's go to audibles it's your weekly direct line to the head coach here on the coach McVay show uh thanks for your questions on social media we'll start with first down rams on twitter uh, you mentioned the the crowd in san francisco and this is a related theme how prepared is the offense for the dallas crowd noise as you go back on the road yeah no it's something you know having played there you know being in washington with a divisional opponent you know every every year for the last handful of years it's a great atmosphere there uh, you know what a great stadium that Dallas does have and uh, that's certainly something that throughout the course of the week you have your preparations in place with how you want to handle the cadence and, and be ready to handle that noise because it certainly is an issue especially in uh, some of those big down and distances you know you look at the third downs and once you get down into the red zone but great crowd great situation and that's a big focal point you know anytime that you go on the road offensively uh, making sure that you're ready to handle the snap count and that visual communication because you don't really have the chance to do it verbally where guys can hear you uh, when you're in the home atmosphere just jump in if you want to interrupt otherwise I'll keep powering right. through uh, several questions along these lines we'll give it to uh, Renee Ortiz on Instagram was it intentional for Jared to get Woods and Watkins more involved or did San Francisco take cup away yeah, I think it was a it was a product of we stayed in some pretty good first and second down situations, so not a lot of third downs. Some of the known passings where uh, you've seen Cooper get a little bit more involved in some of the three receiver sets, and we were able to be a little bit more balanced with some of the personnel groupings. But a lot of the times, you know, the coverage dictates where the ball is going to go, and, and it just so happened that some of the plays that we were running, those guys ended up being the primary reads, and Jared did a great job getting it to them, and, and they ended up delivering. Brent Lancaster on Twitter wants to know, does the addition of Andrew Whitworth allow you to reduce chipping a tight end and create more flexibility with your pass route combinations? It does. You know, anytime that you've got a left tackle that you you feel very confident in his ability to be able to handle his side, uh, you know, it does alleviate feeling the necess- you know the need to put that tight end or backs in some of those chip positions where uh, you're a little bit more regulated with some of the routes that you can do, and uh, especially with just down the field based on the timing and rhythm of those plays. And that's why you go get a player like him, and that's why 
why those left tackles are so important to offenses when you've got a guy that you feel like is, is playing at a really high level, and that's what we've got in Andrew. How about your right side? Outside of one play, I thought Havenstein played well. He's doing a great job. You know, I think Rob continues to get more and more comfortable, and Coach Cromer's done a great job with him. And, and then I also think Andrew's um, influence and effect has really helped him as well. You know, those two spend a lot of time together talking technique, fundamentals, sets, uh, plans when you're blocking some of these elite rushers off the edge. And Rob's getting more and more comfortable. I think he's displaying great patience, playing with some length, and uh, really, really, you know, he's done a nice job. You're exactly right, DeMarco. We continue with our segment called Audibles with Sean McVay. Questions from the listening audience. Raul Kloss on Instagram. Are you concerned with Todd Gurley's four fumbles this season? It's hard to find any fault with what Todd's done, but if there is something, I guess it would be ball secure. Yeah, you know, that's a big point of emphasis. We always talk about it with the team, and uh, Todd will be the first to tell you that he's got to take great care of that football. You know, anytime that you're doing, that you're touching the ball as much as he is, uh, you know, you're you're really, you know, it, there's a lot of uh, ownership that we want those guys to have when they're taking care of the football, a lot of responsibility, and uh, I know he doesn't take that lightly. I think you look at the times that he has put it on the on the ground very correctable things uh you look at the two that norman had you know wow it was a great job by norman timing it up and and catching it clean but uh it goes back to some of those daily drills those everyday drills that we focus on and and really emphasize and and i know todd's going to be the first to tell you that he's got to do a better job with that calvin ward on twitter coach want to know your thoughts on the uh, fourth and goal process taking the three instead of going for it i believe that was up 11 opening drive of the second half yeah, you, you t- uh, yeah, you know, really, I think it was just the premium on points right there. I uh, wanted to be smart, felt like, uh, the, you know, just within the framework and the flow of the game and, and some of the different things that we had done as far as some of the plays that we had already selected in that situation. Felt good about Greg being able to hit that, and, and that was, that's kind of what went into that decision. LJ Lashi on Twitter. Coach, great job with this team. Have really enjoyed watching. Are we only seeing a part of your playbook so far? Is there plenty more up your sleeve? Well, we hope so. You know, I, think, <laughs> I think each week dictates a different way that we want to attack people, uh, but we still want to try to stick within the framework of our kind of foundation. And those are things that our players feel comfortable with. I think those are you know, some of the concepts that they can execute versus a variety of looks. But you'd like to think that you can kind of dress them up and, and present them differently to the defense, but it's really not to our players. Uh, just based on the way you formation and personnel, different things. So um, hopefully we'll be able to continue to have some wrinkles that uh, keep it fun and, and keep it efficient for us. Jared Goff's pretty good on these play fakes too. Little little small things to get the offense going. Absolutely. You know, you look at it in the run game, Let's you know, and then once you mix in some of the play actions and the movements, you want to make it look exactly the same. You know, plays that start out looking the same that are different, uh, that illusion of complexity that we try to have as an offensive identity. And I think he's really done a great job handling the ball, and, and that's a big part of, uh, you know, playing the quarterback position in the play action game. When you come off a, a game like Washington where you, you probably went home with a, a play sheet that you feel like you didn't get a chance to fully utilize, right, is there any carryover on a short week to say, hey, we didn't use this? this we hardly touched this section they haven't seen this why not just start a game plan on a short week with that absolutely you know I think you know you look at some of the core coverages and some of the fronts that the defense that you're playing presents and there was a little bit of carryover you know Washington does a little bit different things than what San Francisco did but at the same time you talk about that foundation and having some all-purpose plays if you will and uh, there were definitely some ones that we carried over where guys had repped it kind of time on task in the previous week that you hadn't put on tape and um, you know when we were able to get to those guys did a good job of 
executing them the other night. You're listening to the Coach McVay Show here at the Rams facility at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and Sean McVay on ESPN LA. We continue with the segment we call Audibles. It's your weekly chance to chime in on social media and pose a question to the head coach. And we continue with Tyler Clark on Twitter. From a scheme perspective, how do we fix this run defense is the question. Well, I think we continue to play our techniques and fundamentals the right way. You know, I think you look at what Coach Wade's system has been over the last handful of years. Uh, it's a tried and it's a proven system. And I think it's really goes back to, you know, the alignment, the assignment, the technique, and the effort. And there's a lot of things that show up, but we got to put all four of those things together collectively, all 11. You know, we mentioned it earlier in the show. It's the greatest team sport that there is. And especially defensive football, keeping your gap integrity, making sure that when we do, do some movement up front, guys stay in their gaps and, um, and then that enables you to have answers and everybody play with that fanatical effort that we're talking about, and I think you'll start to see some improvements. Uh, freelancers. I freelance a lot. Just got to make the play. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. If you freelance and you do your own thing, you better make the play. That's right. right. Otherwise, you're going to hear about it. Oh, yeah. What you're saying, if you're going to be wrong, better be wrong. Up the field. Five yeah. yards up the field, make the play. No yeah. question. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, great play right yeah. there. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, again, in the defense's defense, you've seen some great backs, most recently Carlos Hyde yep. in San Francisco, and there's another one coming down the pike who are watching over our shoulder here. Yeah, no, he's he's an excellent player. Uh, the, they, they, I think they do a great job as a whole. I got a whole lot of respect for Coach Garrett and Coach Linehan and the problems they present. And I think when you look at, you know, you talk about their team, their offense, especially, you know, with, with what Zeke does, and then the, those five up front are excellent. Witten is one of the more complete tight ends there is in this league. They got receivers that will compete on the perimeter. And then, you know, Dak's a threat as well. You're sitting here watching it. He runs it in on his own read earlier tonight, and uh, you certainly have to account for him as well. So there's a lot of problems that this Dallas offense presents. We continue via Instagram with Max Reyes. Uh, What are the future plans for continuing to expand Jared Goff's passing arsenal as this season progresses? No, I think it's just taking it one day at a time. I think he's done a nice job making good decisions, taking good care of the football. Uh, you know, in two of the three games, he's gone without turning it over. And any time that you're able to do that, complete a high percentage of your balls and get it in the, in the playmaker's hands, uh, you're going to give yourself a chance to play good, clean football. And, and that's really what he's done for the most part. Uh, I think this position is so difficult um, that, you know, the amount of things that go into it, uh, we just kind of just take it one week at a time, really one day at a time. And, and I think he's making nice progress. And then what he continues to get more comfortable with are the things that you'll see us emphasize because uh, everything that we do starts with that quarterback mm-hmm. position. Final question uh, of Audibles is Jessica Schmidt, who asks on uh, Instagram as well, Coach, who are you rooting for in Monday Night Football tonight, the uh, Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys? Overtime. What's, what's yeah. the score, 7 nothing. I'm, I'm not rooting for anything except for a really long game. Right. Fatigue <laughs> yeah. is what, what we're rooting two, for. Two good teams uh, so far, very competitive back and forth, but uh, – you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys this week, and, and then uh, in a handful of weeks we'll be getting ready for a great Arizona Cardinals team. So we'll see them both. Uh, I can't say that I'm rooting for either. But you certainly didn't lament, for instance, uh, the Titans taking care of the Seahawks while you were Did watching ups- I was not upset about right. that one. You know, I, I think that was a great game. You're watching those closely. Anytime you see those divisional or upcoming opponents, you're going to take a close look at that. So, All right, let's take a close look at the Dallas Cowboys next. They're playing as we speak, but that's where the Rams are heading this weekend for week four, looking to build on a 2-1 and start to the 2017 season. You're listening to the Coach McVay Show live on ESPN LA. Shotgun snap, back to Hoyer, time to throw, now it breaks down, and he ends the game in the arms of Aaron Donald. 99 with the sack, and the Rams are going home with the win. 
Well, it turned out to be a little bit more difficult than that running out the clock, but thankfully right, Todd Gurley and the offense uh, was able to do it. And in the process, he went north of 100 yards, which, Coach, I'm sure is not a big concern of yours, but kind of given where Todd's been and how long it took him to get back to where he was in his rookie season, is it nice to just have that one out of the way? Yeah, I think it's good for Todd, you know, but we're, we were focused on getting the win, and, and what was so big about that carry was that it enabled us not to have to punt. You're able to run the clock out and, and take a knee, so that was what was so big about that as opposed to the stats, but uh, happy for Todd, and I think that's a credit to the whole the offense as a whole but a uh, great way to finish out the game certainly and get him over 100 so so that was good does a guy that big make a left turn like that on the goal line <laughs> yeah hey, uh, no he's yeah. he's special he's he's wired the right way and and uh you know that that's why uh we, we're sitting here talking a lot about him that's, week in and week out that shouldn't be legal yeah <laughs> yeah Let's go Dallas Cowboys. Big opportunity this weekend on the road in week four. A chance to go to three and one, take a commanding lead in the NFC West before you come back home. By the way, it must feel like you're still in the East, right? Because you've been playing more of the opponents you're used to seeing than you are the, the 49ers, Seahawks, yeah, and Cardinals. It's, it's different. You know, it's, it's been good, though, you know, playing a lot of really good football teams and uh, ones that you have, you know, that you are familiar with just from going against them the last handful of years. But uh, it's, been, it's been a fun start. You know, a lot of ups and downs. You know, any time that you're able to, you know, be in a situation where after a few weeks, you, you, you got a chance to be competing for for a division, then you're in, you're in good shape, and um, we know that it's going to be a tough challenge going in, going to Dallas. Uh, you know, a team that was 13 and three last year, seven and one at home, so uh, it's going to be a great challenge. For you us. smiled when you said going to Dallas. Yeah, it's no, a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, and it's a great atmosphere. You know, I think you look at um, you know what that you know what a big market it is, what a big draw that team is, and and then you look at the success that they've had and and the respect that they have around this league. So I certainly have a huge deal of respect for this coaching staff, the, their players, and, and what they represent week in and week out. And, and we know that uh, for us to go there and, and compete, it's gonna have to, we're going to have to give them our best shot. Seeing him a couple times last year and watching him on TV like we all do, what was it like from your standpoint to see Dak Prescott do what he did with fellow rookie Ezekiel Elliott in year one? Yeah, it was extremely impressive, you know, because you cross over with him a lot. You know, during the games, you're not as in tune because you're trying to kind of get your thoughts together for the next offensive series and things like that. But uh, he made a handful of clutch plays uh, week in and week out, whether it's third downs, plays in the red zone, creating with his legs. Uh, and then, you know, you look at what Zeke's done, you know, just in terms of his ability to be able to, you know, beat you around the edge, great downhill runner, uh, sees things out. I think, you know, there's a reason why they were one of the top offenses in the league. And, um, you know, they got great players all around. And, and a lot of times it starts with that quarterback and running back. And they've got two great ones, you know, that are in their second year that you expect them to only gain confidence and uh, just get better and better. Please tell people with Ezekiel Elliott, it's not just the line. This guy is a dynamic running back. He is. He's a dynamic running back. He's excellent in the screen game. Uh, you know, I think anytime you see a good back, usually you, you've got some good players around you. You know, that's where it goes back to the team sport. But you just watch some of the individual efforts where he's in the open field, ability to finish plays. Uh, he seemed like he does does that week in and week out, makes plays in the past game. So uh, Zeke's definitely a, a complete back, and, and it's why he's talked about as one of the best in this league. That offensive line is a huge component of it, though, isn't it? They're excellent. You know, and, and, and you hear, you, you see the players, and you know, when I get a chance to work with Bill Callahan from him coming there, a lot of the tape that you, that you really watch him closely, you kind of understand the techniques and things that he was coaching, and, and then you, know, you look at what they've been able to do, uh, sustaining it. You know, there, there's not a weakness. They're excellent inside. Uh, they got two great tackles on the edges, and um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great challenge for our defensive front. Oh, yeah, have fun trying to block Sean Lee. 
Yeah. yeah, have fun with that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The guy's everywhere. He's great. Uh, you know, going against Sean, one of the more instinctive players there is, but then I think you see the athleticism to match the instincts and the awareness. Uh, truly a coach. You know, he's an extension of their coaching staff. Uh, if you show him the same thing twice, you're in big trouble. And, you know, he does a great job with his preparation. He's going to know all the little things that we've shown, and, and, and that's why Sean Lee's a great player. Probably the biggest new piece on their defense is right there in the middle, Jalen Smith, like a redshirt rookie, was mm-hmm. a phenom at Notre Dame, had to wait for his repaired leg uh, to kind of come back and regenerate. What have you seen early? What does he offer their defense right in the heart? Yeah, you know, he's a great competitor, plays with urgency and awareness. You know, he's playing that Mike linebacker spot. Uh, you know, he and Sean Lee, you certainly feel them as linebackers. They do a great job with their movement and, and things like that up front to try to keep those guys clean, whether they're playing some of the split safety looks where usually is accompanied with movement. But uh, really, you know, Jalen was an excellent player at Notre Dame, and, and you're seeing why uh, when he's been able to get out there in these first couple weeks. Final thought, DeMarco? Good luck this week, Coach. It was Thank fun. Uh, I'm glad you had uh, some time off, but let's get back to work. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's time to uh, move on from that one and get ready for a great team that uh, we'll see on Sunday. All right, we'll go watch the end of this uh, Arizona and Dallas game get set for the Cowboys. A short week for USC as well, and Trojan Live follows us immediately here on ESPN LA. Uh, for Sean McVay, for DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Join us on Thursday night for Rams All Access. We'll have more preview content for Week 4 and the Cowboys. The Rams sit atop the NFC West at 2-1, and one, and that'll do it from here at the Rams practice facility at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks on this Monday night. Have a great rest of your week, and we're looking forward to our trip to Dallas.